Hi, this is Art, and this is my Iditarod Daily Diary for Thursday, March 16th. I thought I was done talking about Iditarod. You probably thought I was done talking about Iditarod, but you know what? Turns out I have a little more to say. I was in a pretty low point yesterday after the live show debacle, and, you know, that's normal if things don't go as I had envisioned them. I'm not happy very critical. But then I was reminded of all the tech and all the things that I had planned that actually worked out really well. And most of the things that didn't work out well were fairly easy to resolve with a little more planning and a little more time. So I'm trying not to be too negative about it. First off, the the Intenor encoders in the field performed admirably as always. The bandwidth from the iDirect satellites that were provided by our uh, telecom partner GCI worked better than they ever have. We were getting five, six megabits of upload speed. The pictures from the encoders looked great. I mean, it was really, really nice to, you know, have that kind of bandwidth. And I think the Starlink testing worked well enough for the computers just to do the uploading and to leave the the iDirects for the uh, video streaming worked out really well. Now, obviously, there's a financial impact to using iDirects versus the Starlinks, but we'll have to see where that uh, winds up in the future. And I want to share one other anecdote about the Intenors, just how flexible their product is. So the way that all of this is is wired, so to speak, is that the three Intenor encoders are set to transmit a uh, stream, what they call a Bifrost stream, which is their proprietary codec, back to my server in New York. And my server then decodes that stream and spits it out as uh, NDI signals. And I use Mimo Live to, to mix them. And that all worked great. But when I was getting ready to prep for the live finish show from Gnome, I needed to send, you know, four signals from Gnome in to my system. And I, I didn't have enough CPU overhead. It would be too much overhead to do the three inbound streams from the field plus the four inbound streams from the uh, Gnome and then send the return video back out. Like it was, it was too much load on the CPU. So I hadn't really thought about that because the, the field cameras, the live streaming kits needed to be running simultaneously to the GNOME testing. And I didn't really think about that detail uh, in the planning for some reason. What I came up with after talking with uh, my friends who do the web development for Iditarod is that we could send the three encoders directly to the Wowza server, which would go directly to the website in a, in a three-tab video player. And we had talked about this idea way, way long ago about giving you know the fans the ability to just choose what camera they wanted to see. This is the same sort of idea. We were streaming the three checkpoints directly to the website and people could choose. Instead of my moderated 
stream of switching between checkpoints when something's happening. People could just, you know, choose. So by streaming the encoders directly to Wowza, directly to the website, the fans could then just watch whatever they wanted to watch. And that would free up my server to receive the signals from GNOME for the purpose of testing. I wouldn't be able to test while pushing out a live stream to the to the um, website of the trail cams anyway. So it just was going to be a lot easier to not have to worry about all of those inbound trail cameras. At first, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll log into the encoders. There's a, a dashboard through Intenor's um, web portal that I can log in and see my gear and then adjust it on the fly, which is really, really cool. And it's lightweight. It's, it's super simple and it works really well. So I was able to basically reprogram the encoders to redirect to the Wowza server. And we did it first uh, using an RTMP stream. Just, there was some trouble sending the packets, uh, RTMP and, uh, the guys at the tech support tech supported internet suggested SRT. So I was able to basically go in, turn off the Bifrost feed to New York, reprogram SRT to Wowza, and boom, it was like magic. Everything was going right to, to Wowza with no big deal. So that was also a little technology win um, for me, just having that flexibility. The Intenors have proven their worth um, many, many, many times. I'm very, very impressed with that tech. You know, in terms of other software I was using, um, the Mimo Live worked great. They made some improvements this year that just made everything really smooth. I had no buffering, no drop frames, sending it out to uh, Wowza to be redistributed to the world. Everything on that front was great. Uh, in terms of the live streaming tech, the sending of the cameras, the sending of four cameras over the internet, aside from residential service that I was given at the last minute, when the cable modem was working, the cameras looked great. Everything was in sync. Um, you know, that part worked really well. I would probably like to have a few more inputs. I'm not sure if that's possible. I'll have to talk to Intenor to see if I can put another capture card into the server, maybe to get eight inputs. I don't know that I'd have the bandwidth for eight, but I could certainly use six inputs. And uh, I maybe would consider that if that was an option um, in terms of CPU. In terms of the Dante, I, I really have to say it worked well. The problems I had troubleshooting it were really um, user-related, um, just knowing where to look for the problems. The the actual Dante technology, once it's programmed, it works amazing. And, and the way that I was networked between here and GNOME over a VPN, it let me browse just like I was in GNOME, the computer network and all that stuff. So that part worked well. The headsets... I think were good. They needed to be dialed in a little bit more, again, with more time and planning. I think it was a good solution. I mean, we did a live show with Tom and I that in previous years was done by six or eight people. 
So I'm not saying that that's a good thing or not, but I think it just shows that with the right technology, it can be done with with less. And we did prove that. And the problems that we had were not really related to just having two people. Though, again, when something goes south, the more hands you have, the easier it is to to plug a hole. You know, there were a lot of wins. There were a lot of wins in terms of tech. And uh, I didn't want to be down so much. I, I've come out of my hole a little bit. And I do feel good about a lot of the things that were done and I felt like that was worth mentioning. And I will share one more little anecdote, a little funny note to um, end this episode of Iditarod Daily Diary. So the logistics of this race are everything. The devil is in the details, making sure everything is you know, planned for and you have an exit strategy, especially because people are leaving, uh, especially this year, Tom is leaving before the race is finished. The last event of the race is the Mushroom Finisher Banquet, and it's on Sunday in Nome. Tom is leaving on Friday, and it's a budgetary constraint. So there's gear that may have to stay depending on if all the teams finish. So we had a whole setup with the, the Intenor equipment, the robo cameras, all the audio gear, like all of that stuff was working for the first couple of mushers to to cross. But then that gear has to get packed up because Tom will be leaving with it when he leaves on Friday. So there has to be gear to take its place. And that gear is a pair of Marshall POV cameras that um, spit out SDI. They're converted with uh, multi-dyne silver bullets. They travel down a fiber optic cable 300 and something feet into the city hall control room. And then what we were planning on doing is leaving those cameras behind with their silver bullets and the fiber reel. And then there would be two small Teradek encoders, the Video Go encoders, that were going to send the two Arch cameras back to me in New York. I was going to double box them and then stream them back out to the website. And the audio was going to travel over the uh, analog audio input. So it would be SDI video analog audio in out of the mixer from the PA mic and they'd stream back here. And that way it would be a small footprint of equipment that would be left behind that someone would be responsible to pack up and ship. I, I couldn't leave all the robos and all that stuff because it would be logistically too challenging to have someone else pack that up. In our process of converting from the multi-camera show to the two POV cameras, we had a small window to get that done. And we got the, the encoders set up and we were testing audio and the audio was really blipping, blipping like crazy. Couldn't get clean analog audio. And so we decided at the last minute, like minutes before the next musher is coming in to finish, to switch over to using local capture and a laptop that I had there to run the Dante. Decided to switch to that system to do the multi-box and stream right to the web, not coming back to New York, so we would have clean audio. So we were we were frantic to get that done. We had to do a firmware update on the Black Magic. I'm remoted in. Tom's trying to switch over cables and plug in adapters. And how many ports do we need? And what can we double up on to save a port? It was really really frantic, and and we're working through this on the phone and and remote access and. 
we got it going and then Tom's testing to make sure we had the audio working. And um, he, he, and this was live because we were basically live. We had no time to take the system down and freak out the fans. So uh, in some of the audio testing, Tom was um, on a local microphone and he was um, getting a little cheeky. Hey, hey, what do you say? Baba da boo boo ba boo boo ba. Hey, 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 hey. Noin, 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 noin. Hey, check, 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 check. There once was a musher from Nantucket whose sled was so long. And then someone outside who was helping to to pack up gear tugged on a fiber optic cable that was near where Tom was working. And it pulled the MixPre 3 that Tom was using to route audio from the mixer into the computer. And, well, let's just say over uh, the broadcast, he dropped a little F-bomb. And so that goes out on the air, and the chat room, which has got six or seven hundred people in it, um, just lost their minds. They were laughing and saying, I can't believe out of all the audio that worked, that came through nice and clear. It was just a, a comical release at the right time, I suppose, but it, we got a good laugh out of it, and I thought you guys might enjoy it. So for me, there's only one more task left in Iditarod. That's the, the finisher banquet. I'll probably do one more podcast talking about the tech for that. We've got a pretty cool setup that I'm planning for that, which I'll talk about on the next episode.